The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Please call the roll. Councilmember Comey Young the second. Here. Councilmember Angela Whitfield Calloway. Present. Councilmember Scott Benson. Mr. Chair, you have a quorum. All right. Um, is there a motion to accept the minutes? Motion. Hearing no objection, the minutes are accepted. Negative chair remarks. We will move on to public comments. Um, you have two minutes to make a public comment. Identify yourself and begin. Mr. Bo, who do we have first in the queue for public comment? Mr. Chair, we currently have three individuals' hands raised with their for public comment. The first individual is over with. All right, Mr. Overwith, identify yourself. You have two minutes. Uh, good afternoon, uh, committee and uh, everybody with ears. I'm coming on this uh, committee knowing full well that uh, my words are sometimes uh, ignored, disregarded. But again, I'm going to request that the City Council, 2022 City Council of Detroit, call forth James E. White, chief of the DPD, and have him explain uh, two issues. Why does Kanisha Coleman have a suicide designation on her by his department, the department that he now leads? Why hasn't the matter been addressed administratively, uh, the actions of Michael McGinnis, uh, Derek May, Marco Pistage, and the other officers involved. Why was Detective Mott's investigation, once it was handed, handed over to the Homicide Division, just disappeared, his assault investigation, and also the names of the officers who shot the 20-year-old man with the three-and-a-half-inch blade, and as it was reported, uh, uh, charged at the police. He was approximately 20 feet away from the police. They were in no threat to fire off 38 shots and hit him like that 19 times is uh, overkill, to say the least. If they wanted to take the knife from him, any one of them should be able to handle the man he didn't weigh but a buck or five soaking wet. Now, Chief White needs to come forth and um, disclose to the citizens of Detroit and the city council exactly what I just articulated. I hope this uh, rings a bell with somebody on that city council committee. All right, thank you so much, Mr. Overwith. Mr. Bo, who do we have next in the queue? Mr. Chair, our next caller is Carol Hughes. All right, Ms. Hughes, you have two minutes. Go ahead, identify yourself. Carolyn Hughes, <clears throat> may I speak? Yes, you may. Uh, I am looking at um, 5.4 on your agenda, and I'm just wondering who will be transferring this property over to this community center, and how many of these agreements do we have we made with other entities 
Um, I also have a question about 5.3 and this request to accept and appropriate the ARPA money, local parks and trails grant. I'm not sure what that is and what that uh, – could you give me an explanation of that? And that is my question to this panel for the day. Thank you. All right, thank you. We make sure we'll address those questions uh, as we get to those items. Thank you so much, Ms. Hughes. Who's next on the agenda? Mr. Bo. Mr. Chair, our next caller ends in 534. 534, identify yourself. You have two minutes. Yes, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, this is D5 resident Joanne Warwick calling. Mary Sheffield and her team just came through here flyering about the secretly planned North End Landing. Um, <clears throat> finally having a meeting well over a year after land was sold. And while I'm happy they're finally going to do a meeting, Amen. there a lot of damage has been done. There's a lot of trust that has been destroyed. Uh, I don't. This is not inclusive and sensitive because uh, the only way to make it inclusive and sensitive is let us all participate in the planning study instead of the city hooked up these developers and then passed the planning study. Now, Mary Sheffield said she just fought for the planning study, but I said they told me back in 2015 they were going to do a planning study, and I've been waiting that long. So it's not very respectful to the neighbors to not be inclusive. We don't know what false narratives have been passed around. Actually, I do know some of the false narratives because some neighbors have come and told me that about it. It's also very disturbing that the Michigan Chronicle published an article this week with a spotlight on Vanguard Community Development. They do not have the whole story there. They're writing as though this thing is a done deal and not all the votes have happened. And Mr. Tate said it's going through. Well, how can he say that when all the votes haven't happened? So I certainly hope the new members of this city council truly believe in equity and inclusion and why we can't just include everybody uh, is beyond me, that you can't really be about equity and inclusion to do things this way. And this shouldn't happen this way in any neighborhood. We should all be respected and have an opportunity to participate in the planning of where we live, especially when you have neighbors who are denied land and then the land bank has gone around saying they're the holder of last resort, and that's not true. So um, so I just want to let everybody know, and I'd like the new members to really keep in mind, this has been a very, very unpleasant. All right, thank you. Um, who else do we have in the queue, Mr. Bell? Mr. Chair, the last individual with the hand raised is Pat Bosch. All right, Ms. Bosch, you have two minutes. Identify yourself. Um, hi, can you hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. Identify yourself. Thank you very much. Um, appreciate this opportunity. I'm calling about agenda item um, that is regard to the uh, ARPA money, the $60 million um, that is part of the uh, funding uh, award for Parks and Trails grant. Um, if you're familiar with the Northeast side, uh, District 3, we have a trail called the Connor Creek Greenway Trail. Uh, Councilman Benson is aware of it. Um, and at Millbank and Van Dyke, we have the Millbank Connor Creek uh, Trailhead. That has been um, our very first quarter of mile uh, development of the Greenway. And um, hold, hold on, Ms. Bosch. Hold, hold on just real quick. The, 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 the clock stops. There we go. Go ahead, Ms. Bosch. Go ahead. Continue. Okay, great. The Millbank Connor Creek Greenway 
is the reason I'm calling. Uh, we are asking that uh, this ARPA money be used to help uh, general services maintain that property. Uh, we've been doing it for since 2006, uh, which is a phenomenal effort on our part. It needs uh, gravel, mulching, and cutting. Uh, and we need the whole Connor Creek nine mile greenway uh, put into good working order. It has been disrupted because of the Stellantis plant. And we look forward to using Nevada as a connector to the Joe Lewis Greenway. And with this money, we can uh, make it happen. So please keep Northeast Detroit District 3 uh, on the agenda for this agenda item. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else, Mr. Mr. Bow, in the, in the queue? Mr. Chair, that was the last individual with the hair raised. All right, excellent. Public comment is now closed. Public comment is now closed. Public comment is now closed. All right, moving on to new business. Line item 5.1, contract number 6004806, 100% grant funding to provide Heckle Park renovations to include concrete walkways, a softball field, playground equipment, and a basketball court. Contractor, Michigan Recreation Construction, location 18631 Conant, Detroit, Michigan, 48234. Contract period upon city council approval through October 6th, 2023. Total contract amount $475,652.63 general services. This is from the Office of Contracting and Procurement. Is there a motion to, make, to move 5.1 to formal session with recommendation for approval to put on new business? Motion. Motion has been made. Are there any objections? Hearing none, line item 5.1 is moved to formal session with recommendation for approval to be put on new business. Moving on to line item 5.2, contract 648.71, capital funding to provide Grimier Park renovations, contractor, Michigan Recreational Construction location, 18631 Conant, Detroit, Michigan, 48234. Contract period upon city council approval through October 31st, 2023. Total contract amount $255,800. General services. Is there a motion to move line item 5.2 to formal session with recommendation for approval to put on new business? Discussion. Discussion. Chair recognizes Vice Chairwoman Calloway. Thank you, um, Mr. Chair. Is there anyone from General Services who can speak to um, why the 5.1 is 100% grant funding and then 5.2 um, is 100% capital funding? Thank you, uh, Mr. Chair. No problem. Anybody? <laughs> Mr. Good Washington, afternoon. how you doing? Good. Good afternoon. Good. Good um, to see you. Good you need, to see you. You need Mr. Uh, you need Vice Chairman Callaway to repeat the question, or you, you good? Um, no, we're good. Um, I do see Crystal Perkins is on like from GSD to address. Okay. Mr. Chair, Ms. Perkins has been promoted. 
All right. All right, all right, all right, all right. Hello, Crystal Perkins here from the General Services Department. I do have one of um, our colleagues on the line, Dara O'Byrne, and she can address the difference in the funding for between 5.1 and 5.2. Yes, thank you. And through the chair, um, our, our parks are prioritized um, and we generally have a combination of grant funded parks um, improvements and capital funded park improvements. And in this particular case, Gaminer uh, Park was identified through our capital budgeting process um, to utilize our capital funds. Um, and Tackle Park, we were able to utilize um, uh, grant funding CDBG dollars. To answer your question. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Not really, but thank you, Mr. Chair. Okay. Are you ready to move on or? I just want to know how are the decisions being made in terms of funding for these park renovations? We want all of our parks renovated. 5.1 is for grant funding. We want, it would be great if all of these parks could be grant funded, but they're not. So my question was, how is the decision made? Which parks will be um, renovated? by grant dollars and which parks will be renovated by capital funding. We prefer, of course, grant funding 100% all the time. Ms. Byrne, can't, 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 you know, Ms. Byrne, let, let, let me just say something real quick. Maybe, maybe what I'm going to say is shed some light. And if not, then you could just, you know, answer like I didn't say anything. But uh, from what I'm seeing here, the capital funding, it seems like this is more um, in – 5.2 is see that this is more construction or more like you know building the actual you know renovations of Grenier Park whereas with Heckle Park it seems more like it's about park space and parkland itself and I think that you have grants that would try to address that parkland and compared to actual reconstruction of something you would have capital funding for that purpose it kind of sees that the capital fund is more like rebuilding the actual asset whereas the grant funding is more about the park and the land itself and making improvements to the land. Am I kind of somewhere yeah. with that or? Yes, yes, you're, you're absolutely correct with that, with, that, um, with that response. And I also want to add um, through the chair to council member um, Callaway mm -hmm. that um, a lot of times if the, if the grant is designated specifically for a park or for specific items in the park that's another way how we prioritize so it varies so what I'll do is I'll have a conversation with our chief parks planner and we can um, put something together on uh, overall how the parks are prioritized based on the funding how the funding is coming in and um and get, respond to your office with that information. Yeah, uh, thank you. And Ms. Trav, another question, Mr. Chair. Um, under 5.1, so we are doing more than just grading over the baseball field. We're talking about installing um, pipes for drainage, 175 linear feet. So we know we are um, aware of drainage issues at that park? 
Correct, and that's why um, it's it, the cost is more there too, because there is some underground work mm -hmm. that has to be done and before we put the equipment and the fields back in place. Okay, thank you, Mr. Chair. No, no problem. And if I, what? go ahead, Driver. If, if I may, through the chair, um, I did just want to point out that the Geminer Park project um, is both capital um, funded and there is also um, grant funding that goes into that park as well. So in that particular case, um, we were able to do a combination um, funding and that is often how our grant funding works is where we put capital funding and grant funding into parks. Heckle Park was one of the parks where we were able to um, um, get uh, grant funding. And I, I do just wanna also say that coming up in the agenda, we will be presenting our Parks and Rec strategic plan to you, which will hopefully shed some light into how we prioritize parks and how we you know, um, plan for the capital budget and how we plan for going after grant funding to um, both supplement our capital funding and our philanthropic and grant funding. Yeah, Ms. Burner, I'm glad you brought that up because we are um, looking at the um, uh, strategic park plans report that we're going to be submitting today. So I appreciate that. And thank you for its gee minor. Excuse me. Gosh, yeah. I knew I pronounced I knew I butchered that name. So uh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Do you have any more questions? No. Okay. Nice chair. All right. So. With that being said, is there a motion to move line item 5.2 to formal session with recommendation for approval to put on new business? Motion. Are there any objections? Hearing none, line item 5.2 is moved to formal session to put, uh, no, without hearing no further objections, line item 5.2 is now, we'll move on to formal session to be put on new business. Moving on to line item 5.3, request and accept to request and appropriate the American Rescue Plan Local Parks and Trails Grant. The Michigan Department of Natural Resources has been awarded the City of Detroit General Services Department with the American Rescue Plan at Local Parks and Trails Grant for a total of six hundred thousand, no, six hundred million dollars. Excuse me. Uh, there is no match requirement. The total project cost is 60, excuse me, $60 million. There is no match requirement. The total project cost is $60 million. This is a sub-award from the state of Michigan's allocation of the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 state and local fiscal recovery funds, ARPA SLFRF. Uh, I have a question for the administration that can answer this basically from a question from uh, Ms. Hughes. I just wanted to ask, what is this grant exactly for? What does this entail and what is this for? And what will we see in terms that will be improved out of accepting this money? Chair recognizes Ms. Byrne. Or do we recognize Ms. Perkins? I through the chair, you can recognize Ms. O'Byrne. Okay, Ms. O'Byrne. Excuse me, Ms. O'Byrne. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Chair, recognize Ms. O'Byrne. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I did. I didn't want to uh, overstep. No, I understand. Um, <laughs> uh, this 
funding is um, specifically for the Joe Lewis Greenway and will help us fund the off-street portions of the Joe Lewis Greenway, um, uh, the formal Conrail corridor um, components of the Joe Lewis Greenway. And um, we have been working with, uh, through the state of Michigan on this grant opportunity um, and are very excited to continue the construction of um, it. The, the grant primarily will be funding um, construction uh, with a small portion for design dollars for future segments, um, but a majority of the $60 million will go towards construction. Okay, excellent. Any other questions? Open up the floor to my colleagues. Any other questions? Vice Chairwoman Calloway, got any questions? Okay. With that being said, thank you so much, Ms. O'Byrne. Appreciate that. That being said, uh, is there a motion to move line item 5.3 to formal session with recommendation for approval? Motion. Hearing no objections, line item 5.3 will be moved to formal session with recommendation for approval. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait, I need to do that. Madam uh, Parliamentarian, I forgot to put... <laughs> I forgot to put new business on that. Do I, do I, is there a process where I need to say that again? Uh, just, just all you have to do is say without objection, we'll move it to new business. Okay. And then on 5.2, I forgot to say recommendation for approval. Do I need to do that uh, again or no? Oh, I, I thought you, you did, but uh, I, it's being sent unless you say without recommendation or um, with recommendation to object or to not accept the default is approval. Okay, excellent, excellent. So I'll just I'll just say it again. So is uh, is there a motion to move line item five point three to formal session with recommendation for approval to put on new business? Motion. Are there any objections? Hearing none. Line item five point three will move on to formal session with recommendation for approval to be put onto new business. Moving on to line item five point four. Line, I, I have a question about line item 5.4 is from the constituency. Again, it was basically just at, from Ms. Hughes again, excuse me, it was basically just asking uh, who is the one that is, um, who is the one that is receiving the transfer of this property? Don't, thank you, donating the transfer. Donating this property to be transferred, excuse me. So um, this is Chris. Chair, recognize Ms. Hughes, go ahead. No, Chair Ragnar, Ms. Perkins, go ahead. Okay. Um, so this is the uh, Dexter Elmhurst community. In um, June of this year, this honorable body um, approved the donation of the rec center to the city okay. for GSC. And now it's just transferring the property that the rec center sent on and also the land around it that the rec center, that the community owned, community group owned so that we could um, do the renovations and do the park and stuff. Okay, so who's the community group? The Dexter Amherst. Okay, so that's so that's who so that's who the okay okay. Any other questions? Yeah, I have a question, um, Mr. Chair. Is that property owned by the church, Dexter, Dexter Avenue? No, that property wasn't. That property was not owned by the church. Um, I can get that property ownership. I did see a copy of the um, the deed because it was part of the packet that we sent over that I reviewed before it was sent over. So I will get a copy of the deed to tell you the exact name, but it was not the church. Thank you, Mr. Chair. All right. 
So uh, thank you so much uh, with that. I appreciate it. Uh, sorry, sorry, uh, Juliana Fulton. Um, Chair, recognize Ms. I, Fulton. Go ahead. Thank you. It is a nonprofit group. Um, sorry, through the chair. It is a nonprofit group called Dexter Amherst Community Center. Okay, so it's a nonprofit group called Dexter. So the people who donated this was a, a nonprofit group called Dexter Elmhurst Center, correct? Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Fulton. I appreciate that you clarifying that. All right. That being said, no further questions. Uh, now, um, is there a motion for? No, I'm sorry. Is there a motion to approve? Uh, no, I'd like to move to approve line item five point four to formal session with a recommendation for approval to put on new business. Motion. Are there any objections? Hearing no objections, line item 5.4 is moved to formal session with approval for recommendation. No, five, line item 5.4 is moved to formal session with recommendation for approval to be put onto new business. Moving on to line item 5.5. This is submitting a report relative to the Parks and Recreation Strategic Plan. Uh, has everybody received this uh, plan or seen this plan? Have you seen this? Member, Chair, Chair recognize Member Callaway. I've not had an opportunity to review the plan yet, but that shouldn't be a reason for us not to be able to move it forward yet. Okay, so, so how about I bring it back in a week? If we could. Yeah. Okay, so, wait, is there anybody that wanted to make a presentation first? Yeah, Mr. Mr. Washington, I'm sorry. Did um, this yeah. one here want to present, make a presentation about uh, line on 5.5? I forgot. I think we just Yes, we, we do have Dara O'Byrne and uh, Juliana Fulton online. Okay. Ms. Fulton? Or um, yes, thank you. Is, are we, should we start the presentation now? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, that was, okay. Let me share my screen one second. Oh, can um, you enable screen share, please? Um, can everyone see my screen? It says it's paused. Let me try it one more time. Yeah, I can see it. Well, I can't oh. now. Sorry. <laughs> Bring it back. Yeah. There we go. There it is. Okay. All right. Well, I will kick off this presentation again. My name is Dara O'Byrne. I am the <sighs> chief parks planner um, working here at GSD and my colleague, the Juliana Fulton, um, the Deputy Chief Parks Planner. We are so excited to be presenting the Parks and Recreation Strategic Plan um, to you today. Um, this has been a labor of love um, from the department. Uh, it was initiated during COVID and um, because of the reallocation of funds during COVID, we did this plan entirely in-house. So all of the engagement and working with our internal departments, working with council, um, really was uh, done by staff at GSD and our park um, public spaces planning unit. And we are really proud to present this to you today. I think um, having this process go during COVID, it helped it was challenging at times in terms of making sure that we were getting all of the engagement that we did. And we think that 
Um, we have some great results to share with you, um, but it also helped you know, re-emphasize the importance of our parks and recreation system and how important parks are and how important they were throughout the um, pandemic. So um, with that, I'm gonna turn it over to Juliana. We're gonna try to keep this presentation short, but of course we are always welcome um, questions and um, we are very passionate about this, um, but we will try to, to, to keep it to about 10, 10 minutes. Thanks, Dara. Um, hopefully this looks somewhat familiar because we did um, try to, to meet with each of you and your staff to, to discuss this. Um, as Dara mentioned, we've been working on this um, since 2020, so it's been a long process um, and we had community engagement throughout the, the process, as you can see kind of outlined on the screen. Um, we started with a citywide survey um, to get information on what residents want, their priorities, what their vision is are for the parks and rec system of Detroit for the next 10 years. Um, and then we had a series of focus groups that really kind of um, looked at those priorities and those issues and um, came up with some specific strategies to address those. Since that, the focus groups, we've been working on um, developing the plan, doing some analysis, creating a metric that we'll talk about in a minute, and then had a, a lengthy public review process. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll walk really quickly what's in the plan because it's a pretty large document. The full document um, is available on the website, DetroitMI.gov slash parks plan. The first chapter, we looked at park typologies, really defining what's within our park system. Um, we have our walkable parks that serve the neighborhood around each of the parks, which are we consider mini neighborhood and community. Um, each are slightly different sizes. And then we have our destination parks, which we recognize people might drive to or travel a little farther. And those include our larger regional parks, over 50 acres, as well as our riverfront parks. Um, and besides those, we also have private parks, community open spaces, which are um, passive park spaces uh, that don't have any amenities, and boulevards and medians that are also within the parks and rec inventory. We also, besides parks, looked at rec facilities, um, including cultural centers and specialty centers like the Aretha and Hart Plaza, um, city-owned marinas, cemeteries, and golf courses. We also looked at greenways, um, so smaller neighborhood greenways, as well as larger regional ones like the Joe Lewis. Um, we also looked at programming and maintenance, knowing that uh, maintenance and programming are priority for residents and very important if we're going to have a successful park and rec system. Okay, so the vision of the, the overall vision of the plan um, outlined in chapter two is to improve quality of life for all Detroiters through our parks, greenways, rec centers, programs, all using an equity framework. Um, we kind of looked at it in three main lenses under public health, nature and environment and access and connectivity. Um, the rest of chapter two um, really focuses on the what we've heard from the community engagement, specifically the citywide survey and a community needs assessment. Um, and this is, there's ton more information. This is just the, the kind of the highest level um, summary here is main takeaways that residents reported having facing um, using their parks and rec system or their barriers. Um, across the board, you can see lack of information um, was the top issue. Um, other issues were safety concerns, for rec centers, location was also something that was discussed for programming, time of the programs, and as well as consistency. 
I have a question, Mr. Chair, if I may, not to prolong this 10-minute <coughs> no, presentation. No, Chair recognizes Member uh, Vice Chairwoman Calloway. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Chair. So I'm looking at that lack of information, 36%, lack of information, 49%, and lack of information, 48%. What is the lack of information representing or not? Yes, so that 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 represents, um, and, and we can, we can um, go into more details and pull up the survey um, later. What it represents is that folks either don't know about programs, they don't know about where their closest parks are or what's offered in rec centers or where rec centers are. Um, so I think it, it really set us a clear vision and priority to address our outreach and our marketing so that everyone's aware of what where their closest park is, um, what amenities um, are in neighboring parks if they want to find some um, specific amenity that might be more specialty. Um, as well as like rec centers, the hours of rec centers, what they offer and the programs. And I, we will get to this a little bit later, but I think one of the really exciting things about this plan is that um, we, based on this strong, consistent feedback that we heard from the community, we have started to already implement strategies to address some of these issues. So one of the things we've done is really update our, um, our parks and recreation website and really increase our social media. Um, if, you, if you've seen our um, either our GSD or parks and rec social media, we've been really targeting um, working with our colleague Jasmine Barnes to really get the word out about our programs um, and the things that uh, our parks and recreation division offer. So um, some of these we're already working to address based on the feedback we heard from the community. Yeah, and some other feedback we heard was about priorities, kind of setting what, what residents see as priorities for um, kind of these three main lenses. Again, public health, folks talk about clean amenities, safe places to go, year-round fitness. And for nature environment, residents um, mentioned prioritizing nature education, trees, maintenance, and accessibility, and access and connectivity. Um, walkable parks were number one, followed by safe bike routes, trails, and access for disabilities. So we took kind of all of these priorities, all of these concerns, and again, worked with our stakeholders. Um, so we had both public and um, community expert stakeholders that um, kind of convened for source of, I think it was 16 meetings um, to kind of create these 48 strategies. Um, I'm just going to share a couple because we don't have time for all 48, um, but a lot of thought uh, went into each of these and how we, these can work towards addressing those priorities and concerns. Um, so you can see that the example page before you is marketing and getting the word out. Again, given that that was kind of the main barrier we heard across the board for our parks and rec system. Um, we also have some other strategies um, like creating park ambassadors, um, which is a, a team of seasonal staff to serve as educational, informational and maintenance um, uh, staff at our, at our parks. Um, extend seasons for programming and maintenance, encourage walking fitness in parks provide flexible amenities at neighborhood parks and create regional sports hubs. Um, so here's some others, um, make permitting easier. That's something we heard a lot as well. Um, increase maintenance capacity and flexibility, beautifying Detroit through expanding natural areas, launching an anti-litter campaign. Um, litter and concerns with trash was a very common um, reported concern in the survey and something we hear very often as well in our office. So that's something that we see as a top um, a top strategy, and then refocusing our adopt a park program to focus more on stewardship and less on mowing. Um, so again, there's 
a lot more. There's 48 in total. Um, that's just a quick summary of some of the strategies. We also then in the next chapter, chapter four, we have developed some targets. And this is more quantifiable to make sure we're on track, um, to make sure we're achieving our, our goals and these and the strategies and the, the priorities that residents set out. Um, so here again, here's some examples related to pool access, swim enrollment, outdoor fitness equipment and walking loops, um, increased natural habitats, invest in maintenance, um, and for each of these, we have actual quantifiable targets. You can see we have a little tracker to see where we are in achieving that. And we'll go back um, every year or so to see where, where we are in um, working towards our goal um, across the next 10 years for each of these. Um, some other examples, 10-minute um, walk access to parks. So ensuring that all Detroiters have easy access to a park, as well as um, reasonable access to rec centers, accessible playgrounds and translated materials in communities that have um, over a certain percentage of non-native English speakers. Yes, I have a question really quickly. Uh, we go back to uh, these goals about the 15-minute walk access to park, 15, 20-minute access to rec centers. Is that part of the overall plan in terms of 15, 20-minute neighborhoods where any sort of need or amenity that you might need, that you might want to have is 15 to 20 minutes away from you? I mean, is, is, is this something that you're working with the planning department on or with DDOT on in terms of transit-oriented development? Is this something that you're working on in terms of economic development as a whole, you know, in terms of mobility as a service? Yeah, I, I, I just think that, you know, if because usually when you have cities and they build, like, um, economic thriving areas, it's usually built around, like, a park or some sort of green space. And so I just wanted to know, does this encompass that, or is this just kind of self-contained or narrowly tailored to parks and rec centers? Well, our focus, of course, is parks, um, but we did work with our partners in DPW and PDD when we were developing the plan, and some of the strategies were directly relate to um, working with them. For example, we have one about adding bus stops at all of our rec centers. Um, so, of course, we can't make that decision, but we can advocate right. and partner to try to make sure we have easy access for residents to get to all of the rec centers. No, I just, I just wanted to make sure, you know, I didn't know if you partnered with DEGC. But I just wanted to make sure that just from the, you know, from the shopping, you know, standpoint of it, you know, from, you know, addressing maybe the food, you know, uh, desert aspect of it to store aspect of it to, you know, maybe getting your getting your uh, dry clothes, your, your clothes dry clean or getting your hair cut you know, or other such necessities that you would have in that area, I just think it's just a tremendous opportunity. If you're talking about 15, 20 minutes for rec centers, that's a great thing. And the parks, you know, I also just think to combine that with other certain needs that you have in the city, I really think you could just go about transforming the way the city looks. So I was just wondering if you were just in a collaborative fashion. I know you're not, you can't do that. I would not put that on you. I'll just say, was there any conversation, the collaborative effort at all, or was it just focused to this? But you answered it, so I appreciate it. And 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 Mr. Chair, I would also add that um, a really good example of that collaboration is through the the Strategic Neighborhood Fund yeah. um, work that we do with planning and development and housing and. Um, that kind of comprehensive approach where parks are a key component of the implementation of that, sorry, the and the framework planning process that goes um, as a part of those strategic neighborhood um, framework plans. 
um, parks are a key component of that implementation along with the housing and the commercial corridor strategy. So I think that's a really good example of that kind of collaboration of looking at, at communities as a whole. Excellent. Thank you. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things uh, Juliana mentioned at the beginning is that um, throughout this plan, we really did um, incorporate an equity framework um, into how we look at our parks and recreation system as a whole. Um, and really with a focus as making sure that we're serving the most people with the greatest need. And what this allowed us to do, and this kind of works to address some of uh, member uh, Callaway's uh, questions about how we determine when we're funding different uh, projects and parks. Um, we use the, an equity metric to really help us prioritize um, our both our capital budgeting, but our pr overall prioritization of uh, parks, uh, park improvements. Um, and really we're building off of national best practice. The Trust for Public Land um, came up with a really um, robust equity framework model um, that we were able to build off of and incorporate into this plan, um, but really tailor it to Detroit. Um, and really the opportunity with this is um, our parks and recreation system really does have an opportunity to help us address racial and socioeconomic disparities um, that exist with um, primarily with um, relationships uh, with access to green spaces and um, park spaces. So we looked at things like um, access. Uh, if the park or the neighborhood, if this is the only um, park that that community has access to, that would help prioritize improvements to that park. We looked at things like population density, youth population density and senior population density, knowing that um, our youth and seniors use our park system and they also tend to be our, um, some of our more vul vulnerable population. We also looked at the percentage of people of color and, and people of low income to make sure that we're helping to address some of those racial disparities that we know exist both nationally and um, in our region in terms of access to quality open space, quality parks and green spaces. Um, and then we also looked at health outcomes um, because those some are can be used as indicators um, and that our park system can help address. So things like mental health and low physical activity, if um, a park is in an area uh, that had uh, poor mental health or low physical activity outcomes, um, that would help us prioritize improvements to that park, um, seeing as the park is a way to help address some of those um, issues. And then same thing with environmental risks. So whether it's a heat island, higher heat, or poor air quality, again, that would help us prioritize improvements in that park um, because our park system, additional trees, um, additional landscaping can help address those. Um, and so if you go to the next slide, you can kind of see some of those metrics. We mapped um, all of those metrics and really did a robust data analysis that helped us assign an equity score um, or a metric to each of our parks um, that we can then help us prioritize which parks are in most need and will have the greatest impact um, in terms of improvements. Um, and that also that helps inform our capital planning. The next slide. And this is just an image of 
Um, the park metric, not to get in too much into the weeds about the different scores and the numbers, but basically through going through that equity metric process, um, all of the parks are ranked and with 50 being the highest. So anything in the range of 32 to 50, those parks really rise to the top. And then of course, we also look at um, distributing those um, the highest priority parks across the city to make sure we're really um, addressing park needs throughout the city. Um, next slide. And then Juliana, do you wanna talk about park gaps? Sure, um, just really quickly going back to the last slide, you can kind of see how there's uh, the white circle around each park. That is that 10 minute walk that I mentioned earlier. So it's about a half mile looking at the sidewalk grid. Um, so this is the, the data that Dara mentioned is actually pulling just from the area that is served immediately by the park. So that, that half mile um, walk area. Um, and so we also looked at where residents don't have access within a half mile um, or it's a quick 10 minute walk of uh, a park. And you can kind of see all of the red on the screen on, on the left. Nationally, we're actually doing pretty well um, at 80.8% .8 of all residents having access to a park within 10 minutes. Um, but our goal is to get it to 94.4% over the next 10 years, pretty ambitious goal. Um, and we anticipate parks also potentially partnering with um, like, organizations and nonprofits and schools that might have um, public spaces that could be accessible um, within those gap areas. Um, the next chapter, chapter six, takes all of the that, that metric, equity metric data and looks at um, where by, district by district where each park falls within the plan. Um, so you can see um, here's district one. It shows what's up in the first couple phases, um, which have been completed um, recently. Um, as well as some um, gap areas to target for future parks or partnerships. Um, and we have this for each district. It's again, it's in chapter six. And we also have a separate capital plan for our regional parks and our riverfront parks that we're terming destination parks. Um, we recognize that some of these parks like Palmer and Rouge Parks, they're very large parks. We can't just do an improvement once in 10 years and adequately serve the needs of residents. So these parks um, have a little more frequency and often a higher um, budget for those capital improvements. This is uh, really quickly our, kind of our goal for our, our capital investments. As you can see, we also have a goal of, of leveraging city money to get grants, federal and philanthropic dollars. We think, especially for our destination parks that are um, potentially a little more attractive to um, philanthropic or grant donors, um, we anticipate we can spend a little more um, with the city contributing 50% and 60% for those neighborhood parks to make sure that we really are um, addressing the needs of residents in those neighborhood parks. And I think the, the park project that got mentioned earlier, um, Gaminer is a good example of that kind of 50-50. The first phase of the project was done um, with Evergreens and Gilbert Family Foundation. And now the second phase is city funded is um, what came before you today. So, and this, this is our, our target goal. It's um, almost $17 million. Uh, so we anticipate that each phase might take a little longer acknowledging that we might not have um, $17 million in one fiscal year. Um, that is the goal. 
Similarly, we looked at rec centers, um, and you can see that there's significant gaps in the in the white in the service area for rec centers. We assume you can go a little farther than a 10-minute walk, so we look at a mile and a half, um, so the neighborhood closest um, to those rec centers. And the dotted outline are the, the four new plan centers that are going to help fill some of those gaps, that there's still some gaps remaining, um, and we think that targeted partnerships might be a good solution um, to address those gaps as well. Um, and here's kind of that what that looks like. Um, we currently have, and we're not doing as well for rec center access as we are for parks. We're just under 60% access for all Detroiters. And our goal in the next 10 years is good to get closer to 90. Um, and besides the four new planned rec centers, we also think that um, partnerships with, with schools and other nonprofits um, is a way that we could achieve this. Um, so this is the last slide. Um, since we developed the plan, we've had um, public review, which was open from April 1st to the end of June. Um, during that time, we held 27, 25 meetings, um, one in each district. We also held three open houses where residents can come in and talk to us in person, ask specific questions. Um, we received uh, quite a bit of feedback, mostly positive. There were um, about 69 recommended changes, most minor. For example, we didn't uh, mention dog parks, so that's something that we, we have since added. Um, and now for you are, is the final plan um, with those tweaks uh, based on all of the, the changes. We do have an appendix that outlines every one of those 69 recommendations and what change um, was made and what the response was. And so the next step um, after hopefully a, a vote for approval from um, you all and city council is that we would send this to the DNR for um, grant eligibility. Um, having an up-to-date approved by council plan makes us eligible for um, specific grants through the state. So uh, thank you. All right, well, thank you very much for that. Excellent presentation. Uh, I'm going to open up. Uh, is there a motion to open this up for questions? Motion. Hearing no objections, this is now opened up for questions and discussion. Uh, chair recognizes uh, Mr. Cowell. You any questions? No questions. No questions. None. All right. Oh, Mr. Head, is there something you want to say? We opened it up for you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, they mentioned that there are four planned recreation centers. And I see them on the map. Could they please give us the name of those four planned rec centers and a, and a proposed timetable for uh, those recreation centers to open, please? Through the chair. That's an excellent question. Yes, um, so through the chair, uh, hopefully you can see on your screen again the map. Um, we have a, a new center that's underway under construction at AB Ford Park. Um, you can see is on the the Jefferson Chalmers neighborhood in um, northeast, no sorry, southeast Detroit. We also have that Dexter Elmhurst Center that got mentioned in another um, council or agenda item. Um, that's in the Dexter Elmhurst neighborhood. You can kind of see it filling that that gap on the edge of District Five and District Seven. We also kind of we currently don't have any rec centers in District Four or District Seven. Um, and so Chandler Park is right in the center, um, and you can see we have ARPA funding uh, that will be developing a rec facility um, at Chandler. We actually have a public meeting about it next week in a series of community engagement. Um, and we also have a um, fund, uh, a Pistons or Tom Gore Family Foundation 
funded uh, rec center coming to Rouge Park adjacent to the Brennan pool building. Um, so all of those are, um, sorry, um, AB Ford is underway and under construction and Chandler, um, Dexter Elmhurst and Brennan are all in the planning stages. We're doing engagement on all of those and we're planning to break ground next summer. We anticipate at least a year construction period for those. Mr. Head, you got any other questions? Uh, no, thank you, Mr. Chair. That answers our questions. Yeah, thank you, question? sir. Excellent. Mr. Galloway? Yeah, I just wanted to ask um, <clears throat> really quickly. Um, I want—I I didn't hear that last question about uh, the Pistons. Uh, do you tell me where that was at again? Yes. So, on uh, in Rouge Park in District Seven on the the far west side, okay. there is currently a pool building, and we're adding on and more than doubling that space so that it can also serve as a year-round rec center. Okay. And, and then uh, my entirely by the Pistons. Oh no, no, and then my second question was about uh, Coleman Young. Do we have a date of when that's going to open? Ooh, I would have to defer to um, Crystal okay. on that one. Ms. Perkins? Yes. So um, right now it's scheduled to open the spring of, of next year, 2023. Okay. And I see Mr. Todd has his hand raised also. Mr. Todd, go ahead. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Good afternoon to you and the members of this committee. Uh, just wanted to uh, applaud GSD Recreation for this effort, in particular for utilizing, for it being an in-house effort, utilizing the considerable skill set, uh, the knowledge and capacity of staff. Uh, we at the Planning Commission look forward to receiving this presentation and having the opportunity to discuss it further with them. Did have the opportunity to briefly uh, discuss it with Ms. O'Byrne. So we're gonna schedule it for an upcoming meeting. And from there, we will look to see what is appropriate to be uh, added in order to augment the zoning ordinance, as well as make recommendations for improvements, I'm sorry, uh, amendments to the city's master plan of policies. So again, we, we, we applaud our colleagues' effort and we look forward to digging into it further. Uh, and lastly, let me also say, consistent with Mr. Head's remarks, we'll be looking at uh, the capital uh, portion of this strategic plan as it relates to the capital agenda, which again, your honorable body just received on Tuesday. All right, thank you for that, Mr. Todd. Appreciate that. Uh, any other questions from my colleagues? All right. Well, thank you so much for that wonderful presentation. We appreciate you. Thank you so much, Ms. Fulton, Ms. Byrne, O'Byrne. We appreciate you, Ms. Perkins. Thank you. And uh, now, is there a motion to receive and file line item 5.5? Motion. Any objections? Hearing none, line item 5.5 is received and filed. Before we move to member reports, I have one walk-on. Um, Dr. Powers? Yes, sir. What's the proper uh, protocol for me to, uh, procedure for me to uh, do a walk-on? Do I just say I have a walk-on? It's, it's, it's a resolution involving an um, innovation technology task force. You, sir, you should um, ask for a motion uh, to walk on the item. Okay. Is there a motion to walk on an establishment of an innovation technology task force? Motion. Motion. Hearing no objections. 
All right, we are now walking on the establishment of an innovation technology task force. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, Dr. Powers. Uh, and, and sir, do, do you want to now send it to formal session? Yes, I do. I was getting, I was getting ready to okay. um, go up there prize. I just wanted to ask um, yeah. Vice Chairwoman Calloway a question first before I do that. I, I didn't want to pop on and off all the time. That's all. Oh, no, you, you can do that whenever you want to. No, you can do no wrong. Don't worry about it. That's fine. I, I, I appreciate you. I, I'd rather you pop on and tell me I do it right than be thinking I did it right and come back a week later and find out I didn't. So, no, sure, you're doing a fine job. Yeah, no, I appreciate you. Um, did you get your office got this? So, you're good with what this is? Okay, I just want to make sure. I didn't want to surprise anybody. All right. And, um, Member Benson received, okay, because I know he did that. I just want to make sure. All right. So, is there a motion to uh, move the establishment of the Innovation Technology Task Force to formal session with recommendation for approval? Motion. All right. No, hold on. Wait. Is there a motion to move the establishment of the Innovation Technology Task Force to formal session for recommendation for approval to put on new business? Oh, Mr. Todd, do you have a question? Regarding the previous item, Mr. Chair. Okay. Hold on. Dr. Powers, can I take that up now? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay, excellent. But I, I think you've already asked, if I heard you correctly, for a motion to send the I item did. to formal session. But I didn't hear that motion if it was made by anyone. Yeah, no, the motion hadn't been made yet. I, I, I offered you're it. All, you're all set. You can go back uh, to Mr. Todd's uh, need to discuss something that happened previously. Excellent. Mr. Todd, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, just with regard to item 5.5, I believe uh, you, you received and filed the matter, but I believe that the department is seeking city council's approval in order that the document can be forwarded to the state. So I'm not sure if there is, in fact, a resolution tied to that, uh, if uh, Ms. Fulton or Ms. O'Byrne can come back to address it. But I thought they were looking for your approval. If that's what they're looking for, tell me now. We, we would, uh, um, Mr. Chair, we would greatly appreciate um, going to formal commission or formal council for approval. Um, it, the plan does need to be approved by council in order for it to be accepted by the state of Michigan. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. You need me to, uh, you need me to move this to formal session, not to receive a file. Okay, no problem. My bad. All right. Thank so you. I need to make a motion to reconsider line of 5. No, 5. Mr. I, Chair. Or no. No? Mr. Chair. Yes, Dr. Powers. Um, I think it, it, it's, it's two-part. There's a report. So you've received and filed the report. And if, in fact, there is a resolution, then that it, it's the resolution that you will now send a formal new business uh, okay. with recommendation to approve. So you're not out of order to oh. send that now. Excellent. Okay, so then I'll go to line on 5.5. Is there a motion to... Um... Is there a motion to move line on 5.5 to formal session with recommendation for approval to put on new business? Motion. Are there any objections? Hearing none, line on 5.5 is moved to formal session with recommendation for approval to be put onto new business. Now, moving on to the walk-on, is there a motion to move the establishment of the Innovation Technology Task Force to formal session with recommendation for approval to be put on new business? Are there any objections? Hearing none, the establishment of the Innovation Technology Task Force be put to be moved on to new is moved on to new business to be oh, hold on, I messed up. 
Hearing no objection, the establishment of the Innovation Technology Task Force moves to formal session with recommendation for approval to be put onto new business. Now, we will move on to member reports. The chair recognizes Vice Chairwoman Calloway. No report at this time, Mr. Chair. Excellent. I would just like to say, first of all, congratulations to all of our clerks. Um, I'd especially like to give a very special shout-out to um, City Clerk Janice Winfrey for the way in which she handled the professionalism when she handled the election. Um, very proud of her and her staff for what they did, especially now in the time that we're in now. I think it's very important that we give respect to those who are doing a heck of a job. And uh, I also just want to say that my heart and prayer goes out to her for the loss of her husband as well. He was truly a great man, and he will deeply, sorely be missed. With that being said, um, without uh, any... Mr. Chair, I apologize. Excuse me. Oh, hey. Go ahead. Uh, uh, Chair recognizes Ms. Perkins. Oh, no. This is the clerk, Christian. Oh, Ms. I'm sorry. See, see that's, that's how brand new I am today. The Chair recognizes Ms. Hicks. Okay, so I just wanted to request that um, the resolution regarding line item 5.5 as well as the walk-on be sent to our office so we can put them on the agenda. Okay, so so you will- I'm not in receipt of a resolution for um, line item 5.5. All I have is the report. Okay, so you will, oh, so you just so you just want me to send you. you oh, I'm sorry, you, I don't need to make a motion. You just want me to send you the actual document of the task. Yeah, force. no change in motion. Motion. I just need the actual documents for the walk on and so, the uh, resolution. Okay, I understand the document for the walk on. You need you need a document for the you need an actual resolution form for the Parks and Recreation Strategic Plan. Yes, Mr. Chair. Okay, I may, we'll make sure you get that because because all I got is the Parks and Rec Plan now, but I but you need like the actual report. Mr. Chair, you need a resolution. Yes. Um, yes, we'll work with the department to get that. Yeah, I'm about to say the administration will work with you. Okay, excellent. All right. With that being said, uh, if there isn't any further delay, is there a motion to adjourn Neighborhood and Community Services Standing Committee? Okay. Hearing no objections, Neighborhood Services and Community Standing Committee is now adjourned.